Hi, I'm Rev Myron. I'm a minister through Pathways of Light, and I've been a Course in Miracles student for 40 years. One of the things that I do is I go through the lessons every year for the last several years, and I ask uh, for clarity as I do so. And so then I do what I call meditative writing after asking Jesus to clarify the lesson for me, to help me to understand whatever it is he wants me to get this time, then I write whatever comes into my mind. And that's what I want to share with you today. So I'm looking at lesson four. These thoughts do not mean anything. They're like the things I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place. Paragraph one, unlike the preceding ones, these exercises do not begin with the idea for the day. In these practice periods, begin with noting the thoughts that are crossing your mind for about a minute. Then apply the idea to them. If you are already aware of unhappy thoughts, use them as subjects for the idea. Do not, however, select only the thoughts you think are bad. You will find, if you train yourself to look at your thoughts, that they represent such a mixture that, in a sense, none of them can be called good or bad. This is why they do not mean anything. Well, these instructions are very simple. Notice your thoughts. Notice that you think of them as good or bad. And if you're like me, when I first started doing these lessons, you didn't mind using the bad ones. However, using the good ones felt different. I thought it was because it seemed like a waste of time. It seemed obvious to me that I needed to clear out the bad ones. So why waste time on the good ones? I've come to understand though, that I didn't really want to think of my good thoughts as meaningless. On some level, I was not yet willing to examine I equated my thoughts with me, and I didn't want to think of myself as meaningless. I did this lesson anyway. I have since discovered that the me I was defending wasn't really me, but that's a discussion for another day. So paragraph two, in selecting the subjects for the application of today's idea, the usual specificity is required. Do not be afraid to use good thoughts as well as bad. None of them represents your real thoughts, which are being covered up by them. The good ones are but shadows of what lies beyond, and shadows make sight difficult. The bad ones are blocks to sight and make seeing impossible. You do not want either. None of the chatter in my mind is my real thoughts. And I do have real thoughts. These are the thoughts I think with God. And why could I not find my real thoughts? I was unaware of my real thoughts because my entire awareness was focused on the senseless chatter that seemed to never cease. Even the thoughts I felt were good thoughts were shadows that hid my real thoughts. Good or bad, 
Neither is valuable because both are meaningless. Paragraph three. This is a major exercise and will be repeated from time to time in somewhat different form. The aim here is to train you in the first steps toward the goal of separating the meaningless from the meaningful. It is a first attempt in the long-range purpose of learning to see the meaningless as outside you and the meaningful within. It is also the beginning of training your mind to recognize what is the same and what is different. I've learned to sit up and listen carefully when Jesus indicates that what he is telling us is especially important. Here he says that this is a major exercise. This is where we begin to learn to tell the difference between what is meaningful and what is meaningless. We really don't know, and maybe that seems unlikely to you, but it is true. How wonderful, though, that it will not remain true. In doing these lessons, understanding will come. There's a sentence in that paragraph, sentence three. It says, it is a first attempt in the long-range purpose of learning to see the meaningless as outside you and the meaningful within. This seems like an odd sentence. What it means is that everything outside, that is everything seen through the body's eyes, is meaningless. Everything within is meaningful. And he doesn't mean within the body, of course, since a body is something seen, but within where our true thoughts abide. We will learn what is the same and what is different. The Holy Spirit's thoughts are what is real. Everything else is different. You would think that it would be easy to tell the difference, but you might be surprised. It took me some time to get really clear on that because I had an agenda. I wanted my separate individual self to be real and important, so that goal got in the way, at least for a while. Paragraph four. In using your thoughts for application of the idea for today, identify each thought by the central figure or event it contains. For example, this thought about blank does not mean anything. It is like the things I see in this room, on this street, and so on. Okay, I overindulged during the holidays, like a lot of us, and now I'm returning to a healthier way of eating. I notice a lot of thoughts about what to eat and when and how much. These thoughts about food do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room. Now I notice a resistance to this idea. After all, it does seem to matter what I eat. So I should be thinking about this. How could these thoughts not mean anything, Holy Spirit? And here is what I received from after I asked that question. The body is outside you and therefore meaningless. The body will be fed and you must choose what to feed it. That's true. If you use your thinking mind to make these decisions, it will remain meaningless. If you choose me as your guide in all things, the feeding of the body will take on meaning. The body used by the ego is meaningless. The body in use to me has meaning. That is how we sort the meaningless from the meaningful. 
oh, I see. So my thought that I won't seem to have time to do the lessons in this way with my new schedule does not mean anything. It is meaningless if I see all of this is outside me. A schedule I can't seem to change. Lessons requiring more time than I have if I if I do them right. But if I give that thought to you, I will see this differently and it will have meaning. And from the Holy Spirit, yes, that's right. Your thought of not enough time is meaningless because your thoughts about this are focused on a world that does not actually exist. As well, the focus is on time and that does not exist either. Again, this action must be taken and the plans must be made. When you turn this over to me, you become my extension, my hands, and my voice. Now it is meaningful, and you can trust me to guide you and to arrange time for you. And so that brings us to paragraphs five and six. You can also use the idea for a particular thought that you recognize as harmful. This practice is useful, but it is not a substitute for the more random procedures to be followed for the exercises. Do not, however, examine your mind for more than a minute or so. You are too inexperienced as yet to avoid a tendency to become pointlessly preoccupied. Further, since these exercises are the first of their kind, you may find the suspension of judgment in connection with the thoughts particularly difficult. Do not repeat these exercises more than three or four times during the day. We will return to them later. I've been doing these lessons for a long time now, and I welcome them. But I do remember when they felt hard and confusing. Eventually, I began to recognize this as resistance, and I was able to accept correction. Each year when I contemplate the lessons, I gain additional clarity. I had not used this lesson in the way the Holy Spirit cleared it for me this time, so I'm happy I took the time to ask him for help. I continue to revisit, revisit the lessons because each year they are new to me and more is discovered. It's very exciting. So I thank you for listening to my podcast and I invite you back tomorrow when we'll look at Lesson number five.